So hello, welcome back to another Traders Improve podcast again with Moritz. Hey Moritz, how is it going? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. So this week we have or I have compiled a list with only your questions for us to talk about. And if you want us to talk about your question or you have any specific topic you would like to hear us rant about, leave a comment below in YouTube or wherever you are watching or listening to this and we will address it in one of our next episodes. So let's get right into this. And there are a few very good ones waiting here. Um, let's start with the first one. How do you overcome the fear after a big loss, after a losing streak, or even after a margin call? <laughs> margin call. <laughs> Only happened to me once, luckily. Um, but it wasn't a big account, so didn't have to uh, worry too much. And actually, I have never fear of trading. Like when I when I have a bad day especially as a day trader and i hit my daily loss then that day i'm a little bit down maybe but the next day i wake up in the morning and i'm like okay let's do it <laughs> i'm always super motivated to get into trading um, no matter how big my losses were from the previous day or previous week so i don't know why that is but i was always like that also with uh, poker like no matter how big of a losing day i had next day i was always good to go again and i uh, didn't even think about the previous day and i think part of this is because i understand that every trade is disconnected from the previous trade and every day is disconnected from the previous day they don't have anything to do with each other you just need to make that cut psychologically i think and then Next, you're only as good as your next trade, but you're also not as bad as your last trade, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the problem is, um, or maybe why you're not experiencing this, because you don't have big losses and huge losing streaks. And yeah. that comes with having a good um, risk management in place. Whenever you see that you're losing like 20, 30, 40% of your account in one trade or in one week, uh, you have violated your risk management principles. And um, it is not necessarily the market's fault. Obviously, always there can be like a black swan event where something crazy happens and you are taken out 100 pips later or 200 pips, but that's very rare. And if you're experiencing like big losses, I think your first uh, goal should be to work on your position sizing and your risk management rules. Learn how to size the position the right way. So get in your trade, look at how long is or how big is the stop loss distance, then pull up a, a, a position sizing calculator and figure out how many lots you have to buy or sell to achieve like a modest one, two, three, four, five percent, whatever it is that you want to risk per trade. And then you can eliminate uh, the big losses. And obviously, when you don't have, have that in place, it, it is very scary when you can lose everything with one trade. So sure. you need to remove that possibility from your trading as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Agree. And also, yeah. like the old rule that you should only risk 1% or 2% per trade, I think even that is too much for many traders. Like if, if you are scared of trading or anxious, try 0.25% or so. That way you can have 10 losing trades in a row and you're only down 2.5% of your account. I mean, then if you're still anxious about trading, it's definitely a different problem. Right. Yeah, I think the biggest issue here in this context is that most traders or many have very small trading accounts. 
Yeah. And then if you have like a $500 trading account and you risk half a percent, that's 250. And you can just barely get a Coke for, for that money. And well, <laughs> spending a lot of time with journaling and planning trades and waiting for your trades. And then all you can make is like 250 or five bucks. It's, uh, it's obviously not worth your time. No, true. And then you're going to risk like half of your account or 10% and then big problems uh, will happen. So yeah, you need to understand that that this is uh, trading small accounts, I think is way harder than trading big accounts when it comes to those areas. For sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. So next question, how do you deal with feeling unproductive when trading the higher timeframes and when there's little to do? Um, did we talk about this in the last episode? We talked about something similar, yeah. Right. Well, still the same answer. <laughs> Just do do something else, like uh, yeah, create a side hustle or uh, do your workouts, um, follow your passion. I mean, a lot of people get into trading in the first place because they want to have freedom of time, and then when they have freedom of time, they're like, okay, what am I gonna do now? Right. So, I mean, it's up to you. You can also start looking into day trading, but I think that's not for most people. Uh, most people don't want to sit in front of a screen all day, I'm pretty sure. So, I don't know, like find out what truly inspires you and uh, then follow that. And uh, ideally, it also makes you money on the side. <laughs> right. Or at least it gives you a good time out and room to think. But what I thought after the last time we talked about, I think like self-sabotage and maybe the feeling of, um, because many people are not brought up in a way that you can make a lot of money by just working 30 minutes a day. Mm. I think that could be actually a big problem when you feel like maybe even guilty. Maybe you see your parents work very hard and your friends work very hard. And then you are just sitting at home and you trade the daily timeframes. I think maybe it doesn't feel doesn't feel right for many people. I think that's a, we always have this need to be busy and look busy and because that's essentially how people think they need to make money. Maybe that's also something that could creep in here. I agree, yeah. yeah. It's definitely a prevalent mindset in today's or always, I think. People have always felt that way maybe. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the perverted side of trading that you don't actually have to invest that much time if you're trading the higher time frames to make a decent living <laughs> if you have a big account. So yeah, it's um, something that you have to deal with. And yeah, I still remember that question from the Van Tarp seminar. Like if you can make a decent living with only one or two hours per day uh, of work, why do you want to do more? And that's a really serious question that everyone has to answer for themselves. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think it comes back to the, the need for to feel like you're doing something so that you earn, like earn your your money. Yeah, earn you your like right to exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, keeping yourself busy. I think well, not busy, but just finding interesting things that you can do at the same time. Or as we we talked about, uh, we talked with Akil in our last podcast, and he said he's doing backtesting and strategy development. That can keep you busy as well, and you feel productive and. You never know what you're going to stumble across. Yeah, for sure. And um, there are so many ways to get into a trade. Like if you're trading the daily chart, you have one setup at the moment, then 
I don't know, just do research, and then you suddenly have two setups, and <laughs> you're gonna be a bit busier trading those. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Moritz. What was your aha moment when you started to see like changes in your trading and things getting better? Was there like one thing? Mm, I think. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a process, but what really started to make a difference for me is when I realized that every bar on a chart has to tell us something. Like um, for most people, they look at 90% of the chart as useless crap. And then when their setup comes around, suddenly they say, oh, okay, now it makes sense. But for me, it was like every bar is trying to tell us a story where the bull's going, where the bear's going. And uh, I try, I constantly try to assess uh, whether above the whether above this bar they are going to more be more buyers or more sellers uh, or below, and that really helped me to constantly asking myself that question. Really helped me to assess where the market is going, why it's behaving the way it is, um, and that also ultimately really helped to improve my profitability. Yeah. Yeah, I really. Uh, last week we did this special webinar in our masterclass about the daily bias, and this is really. I really. We talked about this off camera. It's really a cool game to go through your daily uh, timeframes and look at the last can daily candles, and see if you can have a have a short or, or bullish or bearish bias or neutral, and that's a it's a really cool game. I think I read it in a, another previous book. I'm not sure some trading book talked about this as well, uh, where you just you don't trade it actually, but just for general uh, game and to see how accurate you can actually be to predict like the next daily candle. And that's a it's a really cool game when you obviously there are like certain scenarios when you can have a bias when you have like an engulfing candle or you have like a triple tap or a head and shoulders, but other other times you don't have any uh, you don't have any bias because there's just a neutral market. I think that's a really cool cool game to play as well. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. And, <laughs> and obviously every bar in the market can be a setup bar because like every bar has buyers below and above and sellers below and above. So every bar could be the bar that precedes the next huge move, right? So that's how, how I think about the chart. And... Um, yeah, I mean, thinking about it like that, where, where are the bulls, where are the bears, and uh, what is likely to happen the next day, it's a lot of fun. And yeah. uh, it helps. Yeah, yeah it, it does help. And it's also cool if you find yourself not uh, being busy enough. Um, <laughs> there are like thousands of stocks and assets that you can, that you can do that with. Yeah, <laughs> true. On the last video, there was a comment from a guy, I forget to write it down, but it, it went something like, oh, no, it was, a, I made a video about what to do in your 20s. And then the guy said, um, in your 20s, you should not focus all your time on trading. You should socialize, you should um, have a career or whatever, because trading is, or success in trading is so uncertain and not pe many people make it. I found that a very interesting comment because I think this is really this is exactly why not many people are profitable in the first place because they don't take it seriously enough. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I mean, there are two different philosophies. One says like if you always have a plan B, you're never going to follow through on plan A. 
<laughs> like if you and but other people say don't burn all your bridges so you can always like if it doesn't work out you can always go back to i don't know your nine to five um yeah but in my opinion if you really want to have success in any field then um, you have to work harder and smarter than everyone else i mean it doesn't really matter which um which profession profession that is and uh, James Clear, the, the guy from Atomic Habits, he said he had this really cool tweet that um, he was pretty sure that if an adult takes the next two years and works exclusively on one thing for the next two years, they can 75%, 80% of population can get into the top 10% of the world. But no one actually has that uh, drive or motivation to, to work cons consistently, exclusively on one thing for two years straight. But it's like the, the famous quote the the extra mile is never crowded <laughs> yeah true 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 and uh yeah i mean if, if you think that networking um helps you more in the long run then okay become a professional networker um <laughs> or trade the daily charts and have so much time that you can do both right i read um an interview or biography from somebody who said that over the in the short term professional and successful people successful mostly whatever this means are always out of balance they're always gravitating towards like one extreme but then over time maybe six months you put in really all your time and all your energy into your work and then once your project is done or whatever you have maybe like two or three weeks where you can exclusively spend time with your family or uh, go on vacation or something like that. And I think this is a really, this is a good approach um, that I more or less follow where if there's a project, I get completely obsessed uh, with it. And then once it's done, I can completely do something else and get my mind off of it. And in my experience, this is how you get really stuff done instead of every day you invest 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there. Um, I think this is a much more or an approach that does make probably sense to a lot of people. I think also Singer said it that um, you have those extremes very often with this pendulum approach. Mm -hmm. It's like the deep work approach. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. Like the, you need time to build momentum up. And uh, if you only work 30 minutes a day on something, then that's maybe the time that you need to build up the momentum. And then that's really after those 30 minutes, when you keep working, that's when your brain brain really starts to fire and becomes creative and so on. Uh, yeah, makes sense. All right. Okay, let's shift to something completely different. Uh, and as a question, let's say you only strictly take the best trades and you trade Forex and stocks and whatever. So you have many, many options. Um, can you achieve a 90% win rate and have plenty of trades um, to choose from because you have so many like thousands of stocks well i think i'm sure you can achieve 90% win rate if you trade a daily chart and you go for five pips <laughs> per trade uh, but that one time loss is gonna cost you 200 pips so i don't think it's realistic to have that high of a win rate to be honest um, maybe there are some traders out there that can do it i personally don't know anyone who can do it uh, it's much more stress-free and relaxed if you go for a high reward-risk uh, ratio, uh, lower win rate strategy, um, simply because you can have more 
failure built into your system and also into your human habit of making mistakes. <laughs> so you you can mess up much more often with a low and red high risk reward ratio system than otherwise if those high win rate systems, you make two mistakes in a row, that's already going to cost you the profit of the last two weeks or so. Yeah. So that's very painful. And uh, I mean, having a lot of asset classes to trade from is always a good idea. Uh, in my opinion, especially if you trade the daily, weekly, monthly charts, uh, more charts to choose from is always a good idea. I don't have any problem with that. I follow the same approach for my higher time frame strategies. I look at as many charts as possible and cherry pick the best ones. Why not? Right. Yeah. Yeah, there are two very interesting things. Because I when we mentor traders, I always have this um there are like two sets of systems basically, like a high win rate, low reward to risk ratio, or the other one. Um it's the sweet spot that you need to find out. I think there are many people who prefer a high win rate system with um, with not as as big of a of a winner. But yeah, I think those like extremes, as you said, those eight or that the guy asked about, like 80, 90 percent, you will have like really, really um, small reward to risk ratios because your winners will be very small. You have a very tight uh, target. You get out um, quickly. The daily chart, five pips, very easy to get if your stop loss is like uh, 100 pips. So yeah, it's a it's a sweet spot, I think, that every and every trader has to find for themselves. Um, I also think that, yeah, it's, it's about awareness that you start noticing what type, do you like to have a lot of constant positive feedback with a high win rate, or do you mind being wrong half of the time, but... Um, if you lose a trade, it's not it's not the end of the world because a winning trade is easily taking care of two three losses in a row. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's no right or wrong. It's it always comes down to what type of trader do you want to be. Mm -hmm. Agree. Yeah. And also, what is super important is that people realize that um, both are very profitable approaches to trading. I mean, none one is not better than the other. Um, yeah, but for me personally, I just I like to go with like minimum three to one usually, 40, 50 percent win rate, and that way I know even when I'm hungover and uh, I have a <laughs> a bad losing streak, the next two or three winning trades that could come in a row are gonna make up for everything. That's all yeah. good for me. Yeah, and I think you can model pretty much any trading strategy in one of those areas because the entries. Even you have like a two traders who take exactly the same entries, you have a lot of room for your personal stop loss and target adjustments. You take the same entries, but another trader has wide stops, another has closed stops. You can have a very similar system, but the the stops and the targets are like uh, like moving moving parts of a strategy that you can fit or that you can adjust. So in our in our mentoring, we give the traders very similar strategies, but when it comes to stop and target placement, we give them options so they can actually feel the differences. How how does it does it affect the win rate? And seeing the connection actually is very interesting as well. When you see okay, why targets are obviously harder to reach, so your win rate may go down. Or closer to stops will be easier to reach for the price, 
even red will go down as well. Your reward to risk ratio may go up. And again, it's no no right or wrong. It always depends on on what you feel like is is the right approach for your personal makeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing you said is um, you should follow many many markets um, so that you can have a that you can just be very picky about the quality of trades that you take. I think this is something that many traders also make wrong. When I started out, I remember everybody was just trading the euro US dollar or just the euro british pound or the, the cable was very popular because they were moving like crazy back then but i think in today's world there you have periods where things move very fast and there are weeks where nothing happens at all and if you just focus on one or two forex pairs or assets uh, you are forcing you end up forcing trades too often mm-hmm. Agree. so so just having more Forex pairs or assets that you can choose from can help your trading. And this is one thing where stock traders have a big advantage because they just can choose among thousands of uh, of, of potential um, assets. Mm-hmm. No. And somehow the stock traders, they manage to all have the same scanning process. So somehow all of the day traders around the world for the US market, they're always in the same stocks. So when <laughs> it's really weird when you get into those stocks, like the, the it's Forex is a joke. It's like uh, they are trading on steroids. It's insane what happens at the open for those small cap stocks, for example, because everyone is trading the same instrument, but every day it's a different instrument. It's quite interesting. <laughs> you see it a little bit in on social media too when um, several different traders end up taking the same trades because yeah. this is just the one that moves on that day. So you might have very, very different approaches and strategies in the end most or many people are then finding the same way because this is the one that moves actually. That's really cool to see. All right, we have maybe two more questions, three more. Most of the traders are afraid of cutting losses because it's FOMO and they think it will turn again in my favor. Um, what is your what is your approach for that? Uh, afraid of cutting losses because of FOMO? Because for me, it was may turn down. Yeah, for me, it was always the other way. Like I was always uh, very aggressive with cutting my losses and I was very too eager to take profit. So for me, it was always the other way. I was not greedy. I was, uh, yeah. Too aggressive. Yeah, fearful about losing money or I wanted to be right all the time. So that's the Schwabian Schwabian part in you. (laughs) Probably. So it's the same problem, but uh, different um, outcome in the end. But uh, yeah, I mean, how did I fix that? Um, Simply by telling myself, okay, I have this plan now. I'm going to follow this plan over the next 20 trades religiously. No matter what's going to happen, I'm going to do it. I'm going to reduce my position size so I don't get anxious about anything and then for the next 20 trades i'm gonna ex- do exactly that and then see what's going to happen and then those 20 trades already proved to me that if i stick to my plan i'm making money period that's it right yeah i think most of the things are fixed by consistency and being patient yeah. when you always apply the same strategy you don't worry about short-term results and then after 20 30 trades you can actually see Okay, when I cut my trades too late, then I will end up just losing a lot of money because that's what happens. And I think um, what helps is that you start collecting screenshots after the trade is closed. 
mm-hmm. to see exactly, okay, after I close my trade, what would have happened? Would the price really have turned around? Or would I just lose all my, my whole trading account if I keep uh, keep it open? So I think that is, yeah. I think there's never like one answer that will completely fix it right away. It's, it's, a, it's always a process, which mm-hmm. sucks, obviously. But yeah, there's no no way no way around it. Yeah, and don't put too much weight onto this one trade that you are in right now. You have to see this as just one occurrence of uh, 50 or 100 trades. So if that one trade is in a drawdown right now and um, you are afraid of cutting a loss, then think about how your trading account is going to look like in 100 trades later if you cut afraid of cutting losses for every trade yeah so you just need that bigger number of thinking which is really hard to do obviously as humans um we are not we are not wired to do that but it's just so so important that you see a trade is just a very very small occurrence in a very large number of occurrences yeah yeah i think in general humans it's just very hard to wrap around your head about statistics in general and about mm. the law of large numbers and probabilities and expectancy. It's just not how we are trained to to think. So it's really also like the in, independence of one trade doesn't have to do anything with the next trade necessarily. Mm. Um, yeah, those are all things that that really are that are time to learn. But at the same time, you must be very present in your trading to really learn it. Um, I'm reading or rereading the book Awareness by Anthony DeMello again, and he also stresses the point of just paying attention to what you're actually doing and what is happening around you, why you are reacting to, to certain things. It's not about fixing the reaction necessarily. If you are angry at at whatever, at your spouse, at a friend or at your boss, it's not about trying to fix the anger. It's about just paying attention to why you're actually angry in the first place and then realizing, okay, um, what he often says is that we always, in order to be happy, we want the world to change so that we can finally be happy. And then we post all those um, those insane requests and things that we need the world to happen um, just so that we can be happy. So it's a, it's a very selfish way of, of living. Uh, when you always, yeah, it's a it's a very good book. I, I I love to read it. It's really cool. It's a great one, yeah. Uh, so last question. Um, we talked about the daily loss limit for day trading. Um, how about swing trading? What is the because well, obviously, if you have like two or three trades in a in a week, it's a it's a whole different story. Yeah, I I think for swing trading, uh, weekly loss limit, maybe not super important. Monthly loss limit may be important, but I think it's more important to have an account stop loss because with swing trading, the uh, opportunities don't come so often. So for day traders, the huge problem is that you take one trade, which becomes a loser. Then the second trade becomes a loser. You're on tilt. You're taking a third trade, which is not according to your rules. Yeah. And uh, then it becomes a downward downward spiral from there and it just gets worse and worse. So that's why day traders have this loss limit so they can actually take themselves out of the game before they do unrepairable damage to their account. But as a swing trader, there's so much time between our entries that, okay, you take a loss, that's it. 
<laughs> you go for dinner, you have uh, you, you go to the gym, maybe you have 12 hours between your entries to um, normalize to the healing process from a losing trade and so on. And then when the next trade comes around, you actually you should be able to make a rational decision again. Um, so I don't think a loss limit for swing traders is very conductive to the process because you don't have a lot of trades anyway. But you should have an account loss limit. So let's say you lose 20% of your account uh, because you are in a very long drawdown over a year or so. Then you should obviously stop trading and try to figure out what's happening. That's what I think. Right. right. Yeah, you had a good point. I think because the goal of you should ask yourself, why actually do you have a, a loss limit? And as a day trader, it's apparent because emotions can get very crazy on a day to day basis when you have a lot of trades. But yeah, if you feel if you don't feel any emotional issues on as a swing trader, then obviously there's no need for a, for a, for a loss for a loss limit. You can just keep keep trading as long as you feel emotionally stable. I think that's the most important. And also that's for a day trader. Obviously the loss limit the loss limits from day trader to day trader will vary a lot. Some traders can take a lot of heat, um, especially when you're experienced. You have you know roughly what to expect in terms of drawdown. Um, but if you, for new traders, obviously the loss limit would probably be a little bit earlier or quicker to reach because you really are always emotional very uh, easily and you don't really understand the, the outcomes of your trading strategy just yet. So yeah, again, paying attention to how you feel is really, really important. Um, that's, that's the main part, I think. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, as a swing trader, maybe you backtested your strategy or so, and um, obviously it's part of your edge to take every signal that comes. And if you now have three tra trades losses in a row, and then you don't take the good signal that comes with the fourth trade, you're costing, you're basically destroying your own edge. So I don't think it's a good idea to right. do that. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. All right, there's just one thing. Um, I think it's from Atomic Habits. One of our traders sent this to us. He always posts those questions, food for thought. And <laughs> one I really liked, um, it's an old one. Uh, which of my current habits serves me the most? Which serve me the least? Um, and I find this very interesting. And I made made a video around that because I thought about this a lot. Which habit serves me the most? And for me, it's very, very clear. If I am... If I... If I take care of my my well-being, my my health, um, then everything else is just way way easier. When mm -hmm. I eat good food, when I sleep enough, when I don't drink, when I wake up at the right time, um, trading is easier. Taking care of my business is easier. It's easier to be nice to people around you. So this is like the the one the big the big habit that if I get this right, everything else will be much much easier. So this is what I found after this and this also means that i'm willing to spend a lot of time money and energy on on trying to get this right um so when i because i don't cook um i i'm willing to spend a lot of money for to buy and to order healthy food from restaurants or from wherever because i know if i don't get this right my trading will suffer which will cost me in the end way way more money so this is uh, an important realization i i had a few months back Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Agree, yeah. For me, <clears throat> what is my best habit? Probably uh, sleeping healthy and uh, getting up early 
and yeah, all those things for sure. It just gets your productivity so much up there that it doesn't even compare to when you're not working out and uh, eating junk food. <laughs> right. It's just like two different persons. It's crazy. And I think one very important and yeah, very key insight that I had is if if you don't do this and if you miss a trade, for example, or if you don't put in the time and you don't study your trading, um, how much money will this cost you over the long term? So spending money in the short term on on trying to get things in order is a, is a no-brainer than in that case. Mm -hmm. so, Absolutely. This, uh, yeah. so what's your worst habit? <laughs> My worst habit is clearly um, smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> and then obviously what comes with it is um, eating bad food. And then because then this destroys your whole routine. You wake up late, you don't feel good because you've eaten a lot of sugars or junk food. And then your trading will suffer, how you treat your wife and the people around you will suffer. And this sets this uh, this thing in motion where you just, it's one mediocre thing or not optimal thing after the other. And then it's just, just yeah, just downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. uh, true, true. I think my, my worst habit is still trying to be a perfectionist. That's horrible, man. Like the same as you just said i miss my daily routine for one day and then i think oh it's already broken so it's not perfect anymore so just fuck it don't do it anymore so i was maybe running for three weeks every day and then i don't do it for one day yeah like okay just <laughs> stop altogether fuck it. yeah i know That's back to being a, a lazy lazy bum and going to mcdonald's yeah, yeah. What I found, what really helps is that I have this mindset that, okay, because I was like this as well, I was in the gym and doing this and I have my schedule where I take things off. So, yeah. yeah. And then one, you hit, you, or I stop meditating for a day and then I just give up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what I getting, found is that, yeah, I try to get this 80, 20, um, this 80, 20, um, ratio now in, mm -hmm where I try to eat healthy like two days in a row and then one day I can have a meal that is not as good. Um, I don't eat a whole, I, I'm not gonna eat all day completely junk food, but I just allow myself to have, have something that I, I know it's not perfect and optimal for me, but I also don't beat myself up over it because I think this creates even more uh, inner stress. Yeah, because then exactly. you talk yourself down and you beat yourself up because you're such a, a weak um, uh, person, and then yeah, it's it's not good. At least enjoy. If you slip up, enjoy it, and then pick up where you left off. Yeah, yeah. that that I see it the same. Uh, when I drink too much and I have a hangover the next day, I just embrace it. It's like whatever, it was a good time. Don't complain yeah. about it. Right. And um, also like always being super disciplined. It's gonna weigh uh, on your mentality for sure. Of course, if you have to. I mean, you can grow your discipline muscle for sure, but if you always have to be functioning like a machine, you don't give yourself any timeouts or uh, potential slip-ups, and then you feel guilty about it. I mean, that's horrible life in the end. So, right. yeah, that's back to the Michael Singer said in his book uh, "Untethered Soul" um, that it's those those pendulums. When you spend a lot of time in one in one uh, side of the pendulum necessarily it will swing back and then you will be on the other side and then all your progress is uh, is destroyed and uh, it's just eliminated mm -hmm. so yeah 
not being at the very extreme and just allowing yourself to sometimes swing back and just in allowing yourself to say, okay, I'm not I'm not perfect all day, but uh, that's not that's not the goal uh, in the first place. No, because no one is perfect in the right. end. I mean, you only, only people on Instagram. Exactly, that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone on perfect Instagram has a perfect life, but we yeah. are just a weird loser yeah. that doesn't get his shit together. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we talked about this last week, just eliminating noise and input and yeah, being very, again, being very aware of what you consume and how you consume it and how it makes you feel. I think that a lot of comes back to that. Mm -hmm. All right, that's it. All the questions from you guys. That's it. So really make sure we really rely on your questions. So leave them in the comments, send me emails, reach out on social media. Uh, and then Moritz and I will be back next week for a new episode. Thanks for your time. Yep. Enjoy your weekend, Moritz, and talk soon. Ciao.